Well, the answer to that lies in how well ban B can do and what the adjudicators have to say. Talking of adjudicators reminds me that I've just checked up and Dennis Carr and Peter Kitson are safely tucked up in their little hidey hole. They're quite comfy and listening very carefully to our two bands, Scalmanthorpe and Horbury Victoria. One has played already. Which one? Well, you must wait to the end. It's well worth it, and then we'll tell you. But let's go back to that big event. Tickets are on sale. They're £1.50, and there's a discount for a block booking. We're looking forward to a big audience, and it's going to be a splendid evening. Major Peter Park will conduct Black Dyke Mills Band, and one of the items they'll play has been specially commissioned by Radio Leeds. It's the March Woodhouse Lane, and it's by Philip Spark, and he'll be present that evening. It's all too appropriate, then, that Band B should start its programme with Concert Prelude by Philip Spark. Thank you. 
Philip Sparks' concert prelude, Stirring Stuff. This next piece is now rather firmly linked to a well-known Yorkshire beer, which when consumed conveys upon you the ability to scorch paint when breathing out, if the adverts are to be believed. I'm pretty sure nothing was further from Ronald Binge's mind when he wrote Cornet Carillon.
Hornet Carillon. Very well known piece by Ronald Binge. Have you noticed that up in the Dales, spring's already here as far as the sheep are concerned? Because there's lots of little lambs all gambling about. Oblivious of the fact, in a very short time, Irene will be telling us that they've arrived in Butcher's Road on the market. And all this is leading to our next piece. It's that French traditional air, The Shepherd's Song. Shepherd's song. And on reflection, I probably should never have associated a French song with English lamb. I've probably broken the Treaty of Rome or something. What can I say about Gounod's ballet music for Faust? I've never seen the ballet, and the story's far from clear in my mind. I know very little about Gounod, and to my shame, I've never heard of Shipley Douglas, who arranged the music. It is jolly good music, though. Listen to the ballet music, Faust. Thank you. 
music Faust by Guno. The Song of the Lark has inspired a lot of music. Hark, Hark the Lark is a regimental march. Vaughan Williams' The Lark Ascending is probably the most beautiful piece of orchestral music that I know. So imagine yourself in the countryside. There's a smell of mown grass, skies blue, the sun shining, and there's a lark in the clear air. <laughs> Thank you. 
Gordon Langford arrangement of that lovely air, The Lark in the Clear Air. And so we come to the last item from Band B. They're determined to complete their contribution with gusto and in style. So from Malcolm Arnold's Little Suite for Brass Number 2, we're off at the gallop. Galloping away went Band B with Malcolm Arnold's music. Was it Horbury Victoria under their conductor Tom Greatrix or the Scalmanthorpe Band under John Kenyon? Well, first of all, both bands will be congratulated on reaching the semi-final. But now to find out who goes on to St George's Hall bands, will you welcome your adjudicators, Dennis Carr and Peter Kitson. Tell us about Band A, Dennis Carr. Band A began with Men of Harlech. They set off at a good tempo and it was a safe opening. The cornets had letter B, and the band will know what I mean, were a little bit on the tame side, and uh, percussion ran loose once or twice, but generally the detail was clear and made a good start to the programme. Then this lovely work originally for organ, the Priere à Notre Dame, again a well-chosen tempo which allowed this to flow nicely. We often hear this performed too slow, and uh, on this occasion uh, I thought it moved along, as I say, very nicely. The conductor was also aware of phrasing, I've also heard performances of this where the phrasing was misunderstood, but that wasn't the case this morning. The main problem was doubtful intonation, especially in the upper cornets, and of course muted parts often pose problems in this respect. Very difficult to get over. Spanish Gypsy Dance, at, again a good tempo, and it was a bright number, and it had a right lively sort of approach. Didn't completely come off because the main problem was one of balance which had been okay in the other two pieces, so you can't blame the microphones for that. That was an internal band problem. And there were one or two technical problems, but as I say, a lively approach. The frolic for trombones, well, the members of the trio coped pretty well. It bounced along at a jolly enough tempo. Some of the band playing was neat. Occasionally it flagged a little, and again, percussion had a rocky moment, and somebody also had a very uncertain moment almost at the very end. I've no doubt they know who I'm talking about. Otherwise, not at all bad. Arnhem took a little time to find <clears throat> the tempo you wanted, and in fact, the speed tended to fluctuate a bit. A bit of tiredness, signs of tiredness in the trio, 
probably your least successful piece in the programme. And now band B, and to tell us who goes to the final, here's Peter Kitson. The concert prelude had a rather scratchy opening, and that rhythm never really settled down, even towards the end when it returned. The Allegro moved along nicely with some exaggeration of dynamic contrast, and this was rather a brave choice of opening item, but it proved to be a little too taxing. The cornet carillon, the tempo chosen, was a little on the slow side, and this highlighted the problems that the cornet players were faced with. They did quite well, however, individually, but the overall effect was rather weary. The shepherd's song didn't quite conjure up the relaxed atmosphere that we'd hoped for. The euphonium particularly had problems in extending the phrases more than just a few notes. Perhaps the rather quick tempo didn't help matters. In the Faust ballet music, however, this was played quite rhythmically and most of the detail came through effectively. Certainly your best piece to this point. The horn solo, the lark in the clear air, had a very good solo sound, and this was heard throughout. In fact, it was a smashing sound. We compliment the soloists on that. The accompaniments weren't always sympathetic, and sometimes even tried to swamp the soloist, and succeeded. And the final item, the gallop from the little suite number two, was entered into with great gusto. But there were some wild moments, particularly at the close. In summary, there were two interesting programmes in this semi-final, and uh, one was rather adventurous to such an extent that the band was perhaps overextended, whereas the other band played items well within its capabilities and performed them quite successfully. And so, to the result, and the choice of the first band to take its place in this year's final, and that is Band A. And band A, ladies and gentlemen, is the Skelman Thought Band, and they're our first finalists. We give them all our congratulations. We're sorry to lose Horbury Victoria. They've done very well this year, and I can tell you they're a very young band, and we'll see them again, I'm sure. Next week, our semi-finalists are the York Railway Institute Band and Wakefield Metropolitan Band. So there's more good brass band music and the excitement of the competition in next week's Knockout Brass. <laughs>